It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. Mr. Mayor uh, joins me for the news. How are you, sir? Good morning. You know, it's funny. Afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. I've reached the point in life where when you start to not hear from someone, you start to go, oh, I wonder if everything's okay. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's been a little while. And, uh, you know, you, you had the, the medical things, which we've talked about a million times here in the cultural hall. Everyone wants to hear about my gastric sleeve again. But but you want you start to wonder with things like that when you haven't heard from someone for a bit you go Jesus is, is everything okay is there is there life well life I was in the wine I I was traveling I mm-hmm. went to Europe I went on a Viking River cruise Did you and... make Did they make you wear the hat <laughs> They didn't make me wear oh, the hat okay. It was great We went from Amsterdam That was about a week We went from Amsterdam to to basel switzerland stopping at like cologne germany we saw the relics of the three wise men there uh in Stras- um strasburg i can't anyway uh, we went to france germany the Black the Forest. Tower? no it was the other side of france oh the rhine river essentially is the oh. along the and and it was just it was just a, an amazing trip and i'm like i just you know it's one of those things that it's a great way to see Europe on one of those cruises mm-hmm. uh, because you just don't have time to delve into everything. So it's a first time going. It's a great way to see a lot of that stuff. But all it really does is make you go, I want to spend several days, maybe a week in each one of the cities. And yeah. I haven't even touched things like uh, Paris or everything else. So there was that. Then right when I got home, we'll have to talk about this. This is a bit interesting. I learned my sister went over to Europe. So she's doing a pilgrimage, and we can talk about that. Um, she's the, doing what's called the Camino de Santiago. I was just going to say, uh, it's got to be the Camino de Santiago, which means walk a lot for many days. It means the way of St. James. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's the way so of St. James. Yeah, yeah, way of St. James. Well, I don't know if it means that, um, but that's what it, that's another name for it is the way of St. James. It's it's one of those pilgrimages that, you know, you can do a bunch. Actually, the th- the relics of the three wise men are another pilgrimage. And there's there's a bunch of them, um, historic um, pilgrimages. And she decided to quit her job, go do the Camino de Santiago. And now she's going to India to learn to be a yogi. Okay. Or a, learn yoga and so she spends gonna spend two months there and everything so that's quite the journey and the beauty of it is where she left the church a a long time ago her and i are i've always been close but when it comes to religion we it's almost like we we couldn't we couldn't speak sure it's like sure we can talk about everything but that we this is not a thing yep and this gave us an opportunity to kind of come come back on that it was it was a wonderful opportunity i immediately saw it as a reason to like jump in and support her in ways that you know maybe i should have when you know years ago and maybe you know because of whatever reason things became hard this is not that time and it, it's been wonderful and i've been in fact i was i th- thought maybe we should drag her onto the show to talk to about, talk about the community of santiago yeah, I'd, and, be I'd be in yeah, yeah. So anyway, she grew, she grew up in Utah. She grew up in in my family. So anyway, that's it. if she if she's up for it. But she's going to be in India for the next few months. So it'll be a few months before we can get her, get her on. She's going to be 
isolated and vegetarianism and stretching and oming and whatever they do. Yeah. Because Lear I'm really learning, good knowing learning that. the ways. You know, it's interesting. Um when I when I hear things like what your sister is doing, um I, certainly there's some level of like, man, that would be cool, right? Uh, I, I don't know that it's envy necessarily, because I don't know that like going to be a yogi is something that I personally sort of like ascribe to do, right? Like, like that, like that's my but the, the, life. The, 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 I, I agree with you. I think the, the choice that she made to, to be that courageous to mm -hmm. do and to go all in, mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. I think what I, uh, I really envy that side of things. Yeah, there, there's part of that for me. But the other part for me is I go, how do they do that? And when I see these, these you know, bold sort of life moves that people make, I I just want to know, like, I would love to sit with them and, and sure, they'd probably want to tell me about what inspired them to do this thing or whatever, 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 right? But I just like to be like, so you had a house and, and so what? You just decided... <laughs> I'm not going to live in this house anymore or, or like, uh, or what you, you just sold it and said, man, I'm going to put that in the bank account for a little while. Or like, you know, I don't know the answer to that even with her, because I was worried by asking those kinds of questions that she would take it, that I'm going, well, what are you doing with this? What are you doing mm -hmm. with it? The mm -hmm. older brother, are you being smart about this? Are you know, sure, thought, sure. You're making the best life choices. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, that's not why I'm curious. I just would no, like, no, to know. and it's not why I'm curious either. It's just our history. I just like, I'm going to stay away from those questions simply because I don't want her to feel that way. And I only want her to feel like I'm behind her. Yeah. Whatever the outcome is, good, bad, or anything, I'm behind her. So. And and I guess coming full full circle around on that, I guess when I did a, a similar thing, when I went away to clown college, I just did it. I wasn't like, you know. That was I'm like your do, yoga do thing. This. Yeah, it was, it was like when I became, <laughs> I was like becoming a yogi for me. But like, So she's uh, over there going, oh, I mean, you're going. <laughs> I uh yeah you just sort of did it and you you figured things out and it, it I kind of did that with a music venue in Clearfield years ago I kind of just like me and a me and a colleague just kind of we're just gonna do it and it was a lot of work and it ended up failing but um but you know it was like we just kind of did it yeah you just go for it and you go well okay here it goes into the wind uh anything else new with you well, there's, you know, I've obviously been, I did the traveling and that. And then uh, this last sun, this last Sunday was, was quite a fun uh, Sunday. We uh, were sitting down in church and um, Elder Suarez, I was up on the stand. Well, there so, you go. Yeah. So, you know, you start immediately going, oh, what what's do? going on? <laughs> Who did what? Who's getting replaced? Yeah. Who's doing this? And he's just, he's on his, he's, he was on his way back from, ministry in south america mm -hmm. i guess there's some family in the area i i don't i didn't know that but anyway so he's he just came to our 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 ward and then here's here's i i thought it was it was almost like um the perfect chess pieces were put into place because it was the the bishop had or the bishop brick had um asked the transgender person in our ward to speak and all i could think of was like are they simply rewriting their talk? And I didn't know what they, you know, I know them well enough that they're likely not going to like lean away from, from being transgender, but they're also very supportive of the church standards in, in, in that way and stuff. And so I was wondering how this, how this would go, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I don't, and I, I don't want to use this person's name because they, 
they didn't give me permission to talk about it. Sure, sure. But I will tell you that they they talked about covenants. They mm-hmm. talked about um, how important they are, and then even took a moment and shared their pain with how they feel and how that is is different from what is is available to them in mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. But and and was just extremely courageous about the whole thing and ended the talk in in one of the best ways I could imagine. I was like, I doubt, in fact, I, I doubt not only did they not change their talk, because that's what I would do. If I was, no matter what I was talking about, if I saw Elder Suarez up there, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I won't make that not joke. This, uh, that that joke won't, yeah. land, won't land. I'm going to go. I think they doubled down. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, and I thought, I kind of had that feeling it was probably, uh, uh, it was probably like, orchestrated by the spirit because I, I think it was a really good talk about someone's perspective and how the, and they they called it my sacred pain and i, I just loved that term yeah yeah I thought that way because you know, because you know the standards of the church are what they are and maybe we'll understand them and maybe they'll we'll know more later but all of us have a sacred pain in living the gospel maybe some more than others um, and and that because it's you know I don't have to worry about my identity and I don't have to worry about that it all fits in well, but we all in some way have a sacred pain and I thought that was extremely courageous and I thought take a moment to call that out here. Um, I doubt that I, I actually don't know they may they may listen to this or not I don't know. Did Elder Suarez speak after? He did. He um he just five minutes at the Any end. Any sort of addressing to the talk that had been given? No, but he um. And he he referenced the talk in the in the idea of talking about covenants and talking about how good a talk it was and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, he didn't he didn't like belittle the talk or try to yeah you shut down so. something that someone that what they said or anyone. And and actually, all three talked. The youth speaker was dead on, and the talk after um, this person's um, talk was they were all just dead on it, and it was like they had planned all this for Elder Suarez to be there. And it was just a really, really wonderful meeting. So, it raises the and question. And it would have been without him. That's the thing. Yeah. Do you so. do you think that people get the heads up? And if so, when? I've always wondered. My, like my bishop got come, the heads up as he walked in and said, can I, can I, can I come to your ward today? That, yeah. that was when he got the heads up. But like you literally coming out of ward it. council. Yeah, you know that there's people Elder get it Suarez. other yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. I think when it's an official capacity of some sort, this was literally not official yeah. at all. This, yeah. He's just, just like he's going to church on Sunday. Where do I go? Yeah. He, he went to the app and he said, you know, where can I worship? We, we don't want to sleep in. We don't want to get up at eight. Well, what more can young we go to at 1030? Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's My cool. Flight, I know he was flying home later that day. My flights, we got to get, this is the sure. time frame, right? Sure. So. I'm sure that's what they did, and we just we just got it. It was really cool. Was there a big was, lineup to shake his hand or? Oh yeah. Picture? Oh yeah. 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 I, did I, you do it? I thought about shaking his hand, and then I thought, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not in a bad way. Like I was just like, I got value out of the spirit and seeing him there, and it was it was a lot. It was a really good. I don't need to shake his hand, but I I get the the idea. Basically, I'm pretty sure that's what. Um, that's what the youth classes were that day. <laughs> oh. Seeing that line of the youth were all 
um, lined up and primary kids and everything else. And I'm sure it was, it was an awesome experience for them to shake hands with an apostle. So cool. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do actual articles of news. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the cultural hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the cultural hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Now, because we haven't been so great about news recently, some of these stories are, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to say old, but uh, when you hear the word news, part of that being new, I mean, they're not new. It's not hot and fresh out the inbox. It's, uh, you know, some have been uh, simmering. Some have been in the crock pot for a couple of days. That's sometimes better, right? I mean, yeah. you, you make you make stew, it's good. Three days later, oh, that's better stew. Yeah, yeah. Think of the cultural hall as uh, a uh, lasagna of news, right? That's right. Like it's delicious when it's hot and fresh, but also you take that thing out of the uh, fridge. It's really marinated all those yeah. flavors into yeah, it. Yeah, you stick it in the microwave. Maybe you've reheated it a couple times. Yeah, boom, done. Great, delicious, fantastic. I can't believe I compared us to a lasagna. So uh, let's go here. I thought this was kind of a cool thing. Uh, President Nelson, that is the prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, recently on social media, uh, has said, hey, share with him examples of peacemakers in your life. Basically, a post that said, hey, I just want to know who, who some peacemakers are. Tag them, tell me stories about them, share them with me. And then he makes the comment that he can't wait to read, you know, some of the stories of the peacemakers in people's lives, to which I immediately, because I'm a cynical, horrible person, go, do I think that that he is really going to take his phone out and kind of look and, you know, he's sitting before a meeting and start scrolling and go, oh, that's a, you know, that's a great peacemaker. Comment. Someone will compile a list yeah. for him. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, and be able to do it. But I thought that part was cool. And the fact that he's trying to flood the... uh the social media with like, Hey, share me, share with me your inspirational, you know, your peacemaker people in your life. I thought that was great. All I could think of when he says, uh, said about, talked about peacemakers in this social media post, probably because my brain changes when I'm uh, talking about social media, uh, the peace, I thought they were called peacemaker missiles. <laughs> They're uh -huh. actually called peacekeeper missiles, but <laughs> So you thought of missiles, see, and my uh, where I thought you were going is where my brain legitimately goes whenever I see it. And because he's a heart surgeon, I think pacemaker. So pacemaker. when I saw that, I thought he was asking to share the examples of pacemakers in your life. 
I really did. I didn't know what that I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know, you know, I guess we really took to his peace peacemaker uh, talk from April, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just an extension of all that. But yeah, I mean, a great read, read about some incredible um, peacemakers uh, that people are sharing with the prophet. And that's just on his Instagram. Let me ask you, I mean, can you think of anyone in your life that would you be considered a peacemaker? A peacemaker? Uh, I mean, I guess in the way that I would interpret um, peace, uh, I think of my dad. I think my dad is is sort of this example of um, like helping people feel at peace, not necessarily like, you know, coming in. I, I guess my mind immediately goes to like someone like a, um, and the word is uh, escaping me, but like uh, uh, arbitration. What is that? Why can't I think of what the, you know, someone that would come in and be like, let's mediator. Talk about mediator. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. You know, uh, not that's not him. But like helping people be at peace, being able to kind of step into their life and and be able to walk alongside them so that they can find peace. He has a, a very calming way about being like, and what would the consequence of that choice be? And what would the consequence of that choice be? And not being like, and you need to do this. And I guess for me, that's very um, peace making. But what about you? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about my my brother Travis, he's just um just younger than well, I guess he's the there's five of us, so he's the second to youngest. He just always has that ability. I've always thought that at least within the siblings. I don't know how he is outside the family. <laughs> he yeah. might be a real jerk. Yeah, it might be a real jerk. <laughs> but um I doubt it. Uh, yeah, um no, uh, sure. but he's always had that ability to like to kind of bridge the gaps between differences within our family and so i i think that's a real skill sometimes sometimes people have that skill that because of where they fall in their family i mm -hmm. think that helped with travis i mean he's got three boisterous and loud older brothers and a younger sister and he sure. always had to kind of be kind of keeping everything together um but you know it, it i think it's also a natural there's there's a natural side of him that 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 makes it that way so anyway so probably not a jerk outside of your family no probably not yeah <laughs> uh anyway a great a great read you should check it out i know you have choir news uh everyone oh you know in, in your absence they feel like is the choir doing anything what is mr yeah Mayer i mean if i'm not about talking about the yeah. choir i mean you know, yeah the choir i mean they almost closed it down but now i'm back so they're okay getting... <sighs> Oh, geez, that's fact. Well, first of all, I went to get news off their webpage today, and something just was interesting that like a banner is at the top of it today, and it says the music and spoken word rehearsals and Sunday broadcasts will be held in the tabernacle until June 18th. That's normal. After June 18th, rehearsals and Sunday broadcasts will move to the conference center starting on June 22nd. What they don't say, and I tried to find out and probably didn't try hard enough, um is that is that a permanent or temporary change or is there a reason for that is it uh technology based is, uh, i in my brain i think maybe it's because as the church as the uh, uh the tabernacle choir more moves to more of a world-based choir and they've made some announcements that way that the, the technology in the tabernacle uh the the tabernacle may not meet that i don't know the answer to that i would I, love I know to the, know i know the answer and i can tell that you haven't looked very uh hard because what i typed into the google box is why is music <laughs> in the spoken word moving to the conference center 
oh, come on, that seems like so kindergarten to type it. <laughs> and then uh, the answer it gave me is the live music in the spoken word broadcast is performed in the tabernacle on Temple Square, except during the months of June, July, August, and December when it moves to the conference center. And then it tells oh. me, and then it tells me why. Do you know why? Well, because they have concerts and everything else to accommodate larger crowds. So they yep. find that people visiting in the summertime, and then around the uh, holidays, okay, people would attend it. So it's in the tabernacle the rest of the time. I guess got schooled, and I actually knew that. I've, I've I knew that from the past. People in, that are Patreon saying see me winking at, and at Mr. Mayor going, yes, of course. What I mean is, that. is that uh -huh. I, I was aware of uh -huh. that. When I say knew that, maybe didn't know that. <laughs> I was aware of that. Like if you went to see, and I just didn't put the two together. In my brain, I was I, I was adding more to what was going on on the page. But Yeah, you're a conspiracy okay. theorist as far as the choir yeah. goes. I am. I, I, I yeah, I. Um, another one to bring up, and I think it's it's worth talking. And uh, is the I I know we brought it up before. If you are interested in being a member of the choir, the audition process is beginning. So you can start if you go to tabernacle the tabernaclechoir org. You can find the the application to apply and get your spot to go audition for the choir so there there's an application guide definitely read and follow those instructions um uh to the letter because you know they probably won't look at you if you don't because there's a sure. lot of they probably will set you aside um not not to be a jerk or anything but they're they only can you know they, they can't it's rigorous and there are probably yeah. hundreds if not thousands of people who try and get into it so if you can't exactly. follow a simple instruction you're out yeah um so you um, so you do the application guide, fill out the application, get, get that turned in and follow it to the letter. And then let us know if you, uh, make an audition. I would love to follow someone through the audition process, whether they get it or not. I would love to know how that works and how that you, is. I know you, I have and, some family members. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're aware of like that. Cause you it, say you get to audition, right. And they're like, yeah, maybe then you're like part of like the third level choir, and yep. then you're there for a while, and then you're in the second level choir, and then you're there for a while. And so it's like the three degrees of glory. Yeah. You move yeah. from the celestial choir to the terrestrial choir to the... I mean, the they would hate choir. that you say that, but yeah. it really is like that. It's like a group of people that you, you sort of perform with and learn with and grow with, and then hopefully you get a chance. I have a friend who uh, I grew up with, and well, I knew her as a a, a younger person, her mom was in the choir and she recently has uh, joined the choir just as her mom. Her mom has since passed away. So it's like she is able to be singing with her mom is the experience that she has shared. That's awesome. Being in the choir. Yeah. Super cool. And then they get to before you go and run and just do this though, before you run and do this, be, just read the whole page. Cause yeah. it talks, uh, it talks a lot about like, which phases it's going to be. Sure. That they actually have a choir school that you'll have to attend. Sure. It's 16 weeks and you can't miss that. Um, yep. A hundred percent attendance. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely rigorous. It's they're trying to, you know, remove the wheat from the tears, I guess. Sure. You know, you're being very um, strict on this, this audition process. I get it. Well, we I think we if you're interested it. in doing it, you should gear up and, and get yourself ready for it. I, you know, cause someday I will do it. 
I really feel like someday I'll 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 go and become part of the choir. But don't you don't. That. But you don't have a lot of time because you have to do it before fifty five or something, right? Isn't that? Are the... you saying I'm old? Are you saying well, I'm old? No, I'm just saying <laughs> the time that you will be fifty five comes at some point, whether it's twenty years or ten years or yeah, whatever. You're right. I mean, truthfully, if I still live here in Texas, and I realize there's the new thing that you can do, I just my time may not work out for that yeah. way, and that that's okay. Then I'll join some local choir and. And love that, and I'll always be part of the ward choir, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, my good, bad, I, or ugly. My ward one choir bass and four four altos and one soprano and and two tenors, and we're all singing. Right. We apparently had two on Sunday. The thing that I'm disappointed in you with, uh, as far as the uh, following the instructions to go, is I feel like it really could have been an opportunity for you to use the phrase jot and tittle. And, oh, I should have. You, you should have followed I really, every jot and I really, if I feel like it was a failed I, opportunity. If I will put my head in shame things. for. for <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me about Mexico. The choirs in Mexico. Choirs in Mexico, and they are. And I, I just flipped over to that thing, and apparently, I grabbed the one that's in Spanish, so I can't read you. <laughs> no, but they're they're in Mexico. They're so they're going to be broadcasting from Mexico. So you, this. This weekend, you'll be able to watch music and the spoken word as they come from Mexico. So they're touring all of Latin America. So it's not just Mexico. It's just where they're at this weekend. Well, and it's just the and it's the first time in years and years and years. And if people want to have uh, the experience about being able to see it, the uh, Tabernacle Choir's YouTube channel has all of these videos that you'll be able to do. But they're bringing the full production. I mean, maybe maybe not exactly like yeah. The last time the they were supposed choir. to go was they were supposed to go in twenty twenty, if I remember mm -hmm. right, and they canceled mm -hmm. it, which mm -hmm. means they didn't go. They probably the last time they went was two thousand eighteen. So well, but to Mexico, it's been like thirty or forty years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just mean on tour, mm -hmm. they haven't toured anywhere since probably my guess is two thousand eighteen because it's usually every other year. So yeah, that would make sense. So two thousand twenty would have been two thousand eighteen. So. So it's been a long time. And then, yeah, Mexico, it's been 30 years. So just pretty incredible. Uh, fun to uh, also have that kind of be on the heels of the fact that now you're going to have music and the spoken word uh, available in Spanish. That being the, you know, the the spoken word part of the music and spoken word. The choir will still continue to sing in English, but but it's pretty remarkable. Some of the changes that are coming out with the uh, Tabernacle Choir. Whatever pretty happened awesome. to that brief moment when they, they in general conference where they had spanish speaking and they just put the and now they they went they did it one session a few years ago where they mm -hmm. had a spanish speaker and they spoke in their native language and then put up subtitles and then that, you never heard about that again i just wondered about that i think that, i think uh, that's awesome yeah i do too to be able to hear the speakers in their native language i think that uh i think that translation became uh hard for people because i think yeah English and whatever the other language is where a lot of the church's translation kind of comes from. You don't have a lot of like German and Farsi speaking people, or you know what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. the kind of those things, like English is the base and then whatever the other thing is. You think they'd have this, this language training thing that could, you know, something that you could go through from like when you're 19 you know, to 21-ish, somewhere Sure, in that but realm. those are all rooted, for the most part, <laughs> in English, right? If you're if you're learning oh, Spanish, you're coming there as an English speaker. 
if you're learning, you know, English, you're coming as a Spanish speaker. Ah, There's not yeah. a lot of the like. Sorry, I had to just make that comment. The Mandarin, <laughs> although I agree. Send everybody to the MTC. Uh, this was interesting. Speaking of kind of missions and and uh, some things that have been celebrated recently, Lithuania celebrates 30th anniversary of missionary work. And and what's unique about this is I can remember as uh, a youth missionaries, friends uh, that were a little bit older in high school being called to uh, serve in the Baltic mission and being yeah, like, it was a op- big deal opening it up. Yeah. It was huge. It was a big deal. You all those Baltic countries, Lithuania and others. It was. It was like people were like. Ooh. It was like hushed tones. They're going there. It's like mm-hmm. this big oh, deal, okay. you know, iron. And now, and now it's you don't even think about it. It's it's normal, right? Well, and I just think it's uh it's a fascinating look at you know sometimes we think well the world's been open to the gospel and there's sort of this idea that um, because the globalization of the church that we've been sort of everywhere always and you still think about like there are countries that the church is not allowed to even proselyte into and some of the growth just in the continent of africa as well where it's like these are these are missions these are districts and stakes and parts of countries that have never had the gospel before today 2023 where in 30 years there will be likely me and you doing an articles of news talking about how 30 years ago that got opened up and, and uh, there's gotta be like a heat map of the world and where we're in like a, you know, colored map, like Mm -hmm. where you can look at all the countries and are we in there at all? And like, you know, red is that we're fully in there. We have stakes and temples and everything else all the way down to white or whatever i don't know what color you would you would do all the way you know this heat map to where yeah. oh we're not in there at all and then others where it's like not only are we not in there we're 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 banned or there's you know there's there's some literally. sort of restriction on it i don't that seems to me like the thing that uh cory k ward the pharaoh himself yeah that's who does our thinking. temple ticker i think he would know about that i'll ask him next time i talk to him see if we can't that get that cool. dialed that down. would be kind of cool to know and and maybe if there's an expert about that who can maybe talk talk about it. I'd, I'd listen to that episode for sure i know that there's uh obviously like you can see where there's a map where you can see where all the temples have been announced and there's like pin yeah. drops for all of those but yeah to your point a heat map what uh what other news stories have you sir mm-hmm. uh i was just temp- uh tabernacle choir in it um let's see was there was one other i i wanted to talk about and that was um the bugs i was oh, I, of course when i'm looking for video stories on this have you watched the video? Yeah, they're kind of, oh. uh, it's gross. I just, so, you know, Mormon crickets. I mean, you type in Mormon news. I know it's probably not everyone loves it, but LDS news doesn't give you all the news. So sure. you type in Mormon news and the top of the list was the the Mormon crickets in Nevada. And all I could think of, and you just watch this, watch. And if you want to know probably what the early saints went through, you just watch these videos about it and you realize just how devastating they can be. And they're gro- It's gross. And all I can think of is where are the seagulls? Yeah. <laughs> Come somebody, on, seagulls. somebody tell the saints to pay their tithing and let's get the seagulls. In That's there. what on. it is. Nevada saints aren't paying their tithing. And that yeah. must be, it couldn't be just a natural course. No, in no, a dry, no, no, dry no. summer or anything no, else. No, nope. nope, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, so you know, and I, I look at that, and and Austin is like one of the hottest we've ever seen. Like like that I've since I've lived here, 
Mm-hmm. Like it's the hottest year since I've lived here. We're just like hunkered down in the AC. I'm sure my bills get really expensive this sure. year. And I'm 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 thinking about that. And some of that I think, at least I'm not in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. The snap, crackle, and pop of those Mormon crickets, real gross. Yeah. Like the videos, it has been for several days now in the news. Uh, I always like to say the term, the news fetchers, because that makes me feel like it's an expletive. The news fetchers, because, yeah, All I those. similarly have it gathering for Mormon news. But it's just been story after story after story after story about these crickets. And you see the car, like, driving on the road. And it <laughs> and the road is covered in the Mormon crickets. Oh, yeah. Just... They've- and so it's that crunch with a little bit of squish in it in it (laughs) uh all right let's change that subject so this is an interesting um kind of story from uh the church news we talked uh a couple episodes ago about some of the resources available for like uh american sign language for vision impaired for hearing impaired um resources within the church well, now uh, the disability resources include Bible videos in ASL and audio description. Um, they have re- released additional disability resources. You can go to churchofjesuschrist.org uh, and be able to check these out. Creating and translating disability resources is an ongoing effort, said Katie Ednesteed, previous guest of the Cultural Hall. We recognize that we still have a long way to go, but we are committed to increasing the disability resources available to Latter-day Saints around the world. And then this article, which, by the way, you can find a link in the show notes to all the things that we talk about, talks about how it's so important that uh, the Bible videos are available in American Sign Language. And how before, again, this is another one of those things where we, because of our privilege, sort of take advantage of this or take for granted this, that there's a, a group of people, a population in great number of people who weren't able to you know, enjoy this or feel the spirit of these things or, you know, know even what what these were all about until these resources have been translated or made available for those that need them in other means. And the fact that the church is doing this now, great. Love it. Couldn't could not have more of it, you know, I just think that it more and more available um that they can do is just It's just so important. It says the church has translated 25 disability resource videos into languages like French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Spanish, Tagalog. They're all available under the life help section of the gospel library. So you can check these out, even if you just want to know and be familiar with what they are. The gospel language symbols library has expanded the number of available English symbols to 117 and the first set of translated symbols are now available in Cebuano, French, German, Italian, Japanese, Korean, Portuguese, Spanish, and Tagalog. So uh, find out more about that. Be aware of those. And especially if there's someone in the ward that uh, could benefit from being able to have those disability resources, share. Because I think there, a large part, there's members of the church that don't know that these resources exist. I remember years ago, my you know my dad didn't have any legs and so we were talking about how wait a minute wait died. wait a minute did i not tell you i don't my know. dad was a double amputee i did not did know that not and the way that you just sort of casually said that you know <laughs> as you'll remember years ago my dad had didn't yeah because you knew my dad right <laughs> yeah sure sure okay so my dad was a double amputee so i grew up you know as my dad being a double amputee okay and um 
so you know it was dis you know like ramps and parking spaces and things it was always very um apparent when i was younger the church uh when he first you know he lost one leg and then later lost his other one we lost his first leg i remember it was a thing like he couldn't get into church very well he like 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 the ward had to like like they ended up going out of their way and then had to build a ramp and and it was is and it was specific to our ward it hadn't hadn't gone everywhere yet and and very soon afterwards no church was built without a, a com a, some sort of accommodation for, sure. for him and everything else and i remember talking to him about it. i was like when i was in high school and i remember thinking think because think, i you know in my lifetime things had changed that that quickly from when he lost his first leg to losing the second leg and now he was in a position where he could get into our school. He could get it everywhere. And I remember saying, isn't that cool? And he, he said, it is cool. He said, but I was always able to to do some, like with your your help. Like I, my boys, we can get myself into places and stuff. He says, I, he said, when they, when they, and he said something about ASL and translate. He's like, he says, I can still come in, sit outside and, and hear you know what I mean? And I can, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. he said when when that level of care is taken for every every disability, he'll be a lot happier. And mm -hmm. this is now this is now in a situation where pretty much he could get into every every ward now. But he was he was he was more concerned about those people who he's like those people who come and they can't understand why they're there. They're just hoping to fill the spirit. Sure. Whether that's, I mean, they can't understand the language. They can't understand it because of, they can't hear the language or whatever reason. And he was more concerned about that. So that always sat strong with me. So when you talk about, you know, all these resources that are being provided, it just makes, it's, I think my dad would be just so happy about that. So you can find it in the gospel library app. Check it out. There's so many, so many cool things in there. I was poking around the other day and there's the whole, uh, like, the self-reliance class that the church teaches sometimes in wards and stakes, it's in there. The whole like discipline, you know, I, I almost said doctrine, but like the whole, you know, curriculum of that particular class in there. You just want to I was always thinking, what if Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec taught that class? Yeah. He would open up and it would say, make more money. Yep. <laughs> and then and then the app would shut itself down. Yep. A <laughs> uh, couple other things uh, sort of worth note. I thought this was particularly interesting. Um, bishop Cosse, that is the uh, the presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, dedicates a new global distribution services center. Uh, I didn't even know that we were building a new global distribution services center. I thought that um, one, the Welfare Square in Salt Lake, was the one. Well, and, and, I mean, they had they have little ones, but... Yeah, so now it's a new state-of-the-art global... Uh, distribution Services Center in Salt Lake. It was dedicated on the 8th of June, Kase uh, said. Being here is a joyful experience for all of us. We're excited to de dedicate a new, brand new facility, one which will provide and distribute church materials and temple clothing to church members living around the world. It is such a magnificent structure with state-of-the-art equipment for which we are most grateful. About 200 church employees and guests gathered at the distribution center uh, for the dedication uh thank you to its influence it will spread throughout the entire world and will bless generations of members it will help in the great and holy work of saving souls it's a 339,000 square foot uh 
facility in the in an industrial area near the Salt Lake City International Airport. So this is this is distribution. This is like materials, clothing, not necessarily welfare distribution. That, in correct. my brain, I'm... correct, correct. Okay, distribution okay, services more like um, temple clothes, uh, books, uh, manuals. Um, you know all, all the. So now you have Temple Square, you have Welfare Square, now you have Distribution Square. Yeah, there are seventeen smaller warehouses around this world, around the world. The uh, article notes. Um, I just think it's it's pretty incredible. About forty million units or items are anticipated to be shipped from the facility every year to help meet the spiritual needs of the faith's seventeen million members. When I order my garments online, they may come from there. Yeah, I would think they would definitely come through there at some point. The church uses public carriers and the boxes are shipped by air or ocean to international destinations. Uh, Church publications such as Scripture's Manual can be found online, but it's not always easy for members to access the internet from locations such as Africa and Latin America where membership is growing. So if you go online, place an order, you'll typically receive that order within three to five days. In the previous facility, it may taken up it may have taken up to ten days. So also ah, so this is the time. the divine Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, other uh, kind of things worth noting. I thought this was interesting. We talked about the church building bridges, and uh, you know, with uh, interfaith work, and we talk about them. Um, you know, being able to build bridges with those that may not believe the same way or something like that. Well, that's not at all what this story is about. It's about a literal bridge that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints donated nearly $100,000 for. Wow, uh, so they're really building bridges. Yeah, it's in Kalamu, which is a neighborhood of Kinshasa in the Democratic in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, is going to replace an unstable footbridge that was damaged by recent torrential rains, um, and it's going to be capable of carrying uh, vehicles up to ten tons. The church uh, made that hundred thousand dollar donation, um, and. Let's get this quote. We do lots of projects in collaboration. We in the church do not hesitate to help those who ask for assistance. Projects such as these are made possible by generous donations of church members around the world. They follow the Savior's example of charity without regard to race, religion, or nationality. Thought it was just real cool to see that we, you know, we talk about building bridges, like you said, in uh, in other ways, but but a literal bridge help build. Um, I don't think that we talked about this. I recently uh, stepped into the Mormon News Roundup, which is another podcast and YouTube channel, uh, and was able to um, to uh, help co-host what is essentially their articles of news. Uh, Dives, who is their host, he and I talked for almost an hour and a half, and I'll tell you what. I'm going to listen to it now, and I'm going to feel jealous. Uh, he he like you're betraying. He, he preps like crazy. The preparation that he puts into it and has like a lower scrolling third for the YouTube and all this stuff. It's it's how perhaps if I had time, I would do the cultural hall and articles of news. Um, he if you listen to it, he at the end of that will call me out because I had not mentioned when I said I was going to be on his podcast before the name of it or his name. So I want to make sure that I give proper cred to him. Uh, the Mormon News Roundup, it is um, 
it is adjacent to like what we do here in the cultural hall talk about news stories but but it is a different feel and he does a great job and you know there's space for everyone and and uh, encourage you to go and check out that episode which i did and there will be a link i will and i'm gonna feel betrayed why don't feel betrayed don't feel betrayed (laughs) i've been i've done lots of podcasts in other places i know this is a news one this is the (laughs) only show available in podcast form that's true yeah that is true the one thing you can always say yes the one thing i can always say that makes no sense to most people is that this is the only show available in podcast form. You know what? You've explained it to me before, and it still uh-huh. kind of makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. It's great. It, it's it's one of the things that I love the most about this, is that so many of the things that we do don't make sense or are unnecessary. That's, and that's that's wonderful. I think that's yeah. a, whole, a whole podcast should be built around the unnecessary. <laughs> so uh, let's do maybe one or two more news stories, and then we'll wrap this thing out. Uh, we, have we talked about here? I don't think that we have. So let's bring it up. Uh, Utah school district. That is Davis County school district. Uh, oh, I read this. the Bible yeah. and then, uh, has now had someone come to them and say, Hey, we would like you to also, um, take a look at the, uh, book of Mormon for being banned. Where this comes from is there were some, uh, some folks that uh, said, hey, there's some content that's being shared with our elementary and middle school kids that we really don't like that. So this group came up with a list of things that said, hey, these are the things that would be inappropriate material for our school kids to be able to get. People that did not like that people were starting to do that uh, looked at it and went, oh, well, you, listen, if we're having, you know, uh, adultery, if we're having, you know, violence and those things, well, then you can't have the Bible. So they appealed to this board, said, you know, kind of judge what uh, the Bible has. And they said, yeah, we're, we can't have the Bible. If these are our, you know, our guidelines, our restrictions, the Bible can't be in schools anymore. And then after that announcement was made, it was made that, um, that people had also asked them to look at the Book of Mormon. And, well, and you're going to keep a standard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And 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 to me, I suppose it's interesting. One interesting piece about this uh, here in the state of Utah is that there are already groups that are saying, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we want to keep the guidelines, but that doesn't count for religious material. Yeah. So there are people that are already trying to kind of circumvent the own thing that they did and make sure that the Book of Mormon, the Bible can be available back in schools, which, as you can probably imagine, those who don't want anything banned are like, okay, so now we're making a religious exemption yeah. for this. Guys, we're speaking out of both sides of our mouths. Uh, but there are another group of people that are like, listen, if if in order to keep material A, B, and C out of the eyes and uh, you know listening ears of our school kids, we have to ban the Bible and Book of Mormon? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything you do, the power, when you give power to the government, it's sometimes a needful thing to do, but be aware they're going to, it's going to apply to you, even if you didn't think it should. Like, if your moral stance means that you think a law should be made against something, or a book should be banned, or a standard should be set at a government level, be aware mm-hmm. that that's going to be turn around and hit you at the same time. If you, if you know, you may think that it it doesn't apply to you because it's common sense or whatever. Sure, that's not how the government works. 
You, yeah. you, you apply a standard, the, the standard eventually gets applied across the board and it should. I mean, if you're good, that's what, and that's, that's why you need to be careful about what laws we make, what laws we don't make. Mm -hmm. We need to be thoughtful about that. And in my opinion, if, if, if you're of the opinion that the government should be out of explaining this kind of stuff to your kids, maybe the Book of Mormon Bible being in the library it shouldn't be something you care about. You should be like, no, I'll talk about that at home. Yeah. Like if you're a, uh, I'll talk about sex at home or I'll talk about this at home. Probably that's what you should do with religion too. Now, I don't necessarily agree with, I don't, I'm not a big book banner. I don't think you should. I, I um, I think there should be limited um, libraries for kids in schools as they get older that kind of grow with them. But the public library, I think, you know, pretty much anything should be there. Yeah. Yeah. And you should be able to have that conversation with your kids. And I, I don't fully know, you know, what it was that, that spurred even the initial kind of conversation around it. But I do think that to, to your point, sometimes when we go, I've got to put my foot down about yep. whatever the thing is. We don't realize what the foot being down wholly means. We see it from the perspective of, well, this will end these things, but there are also those other consequences. That sort oh, of but the things that also apply to that standard that you think are okay, they're going to get, they're going to, you see, you have to be thoughtful about the whole thing. The unintended consequences can always get you. Yeah, they haven't made any sort of announcement as to whether or not the Book of Mormon will be banned. But as I mentioned, there are uh, organizations already in the state of Utah that have said, "Yeah, you know what? We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna make some uh, some other things around this. Maybe we can get it so that there's a religious." In the moment you get a religious exception, lots of texts are going to turn religious. You're sure. going to have people. I mean, that's. I mean, for I mean, you're going to have real people who think of certain texts as religious and they're going to come up and say well then if that's the case you know it's whatever whatever it is right so yep. Yep. anyway uh going back to our conversation from before about making the uh, gospel available to people in all language i thought it was interesting uh to note that uh translators translating things to the navajo language are still working to complete all of the standard works so there have been selections of the Book of Mormon uh, and Doctrine and That's Covenants. That's interesting. I didn't realize Christ. they hadn't have everything in there. Yeah, and and even the Bible in some um, in some respects, but they are now finishing up a complete translation of all of the standard works. And I won't go into this too much uh, because it, it's my hope, and we've got contact with one of the translators, one of the ones that's been kind of the forefront on this project. So have them come in and tell us all about it in the cultural hall. But by June 2024, uh, it will be, by then it will be available for people to be wow, able to, to cool. get the novel. I guess it like. does make sense. I mean, with the way they, way that um, white Americans dealt with the, the American Indians back in the day, like they didn't want them speaking their language. So why would they translate it into things into their language? So I guess it does make sense. It's just, it just feels like, is it still that way? Uh, I, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, and it just seems like I mean, sometimes we can get so caught up in it because of where, where, and who we are, right? As English speaking, you know, United States members of the church, that we go, oh yeah, no, of course everyone has. Oh no, not everyone has all of it at all. So exactly. 
Uh, let's see, just maybe one or two left. Uh, five ideas to help you share and not overshare personal experiences at church. I appreciate this. Uh, I'll go. You're through bringing this up quick. for me, huh? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Number one, stay focused, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Number two, be mindful. Remember that the First Presidency expressed a concern that in some instances, members who desire to their to bear their testimonies in fast and testimony meeting do not have the opportunity to do so. So be mindful of other people that might want to do it. And I think that if you're mindful that other people might want to, you might be uh, inclined to share a little bit less, which allows more time. Uh, it goes on to say three. This is number three in the five ideas to help you share and not overshare personal experiences at church is share what you know. It might feel a little intimidating to share your testimony over the pulpit or in a comment in a class, particularly if you're struggling with questions. But this church isn't just for those who feel 100% confident in all aspects of their testimony. So that's number three. Number four, think before you share. Are you listening, Mr. Mayor? Think. What's that? <laughs> I just wanted to share something about. Yeah, yeah well, I was just no, waiting until I got an opportunity to say something. Think before you share. Maybe there's a personal story or experience that you'd like to share as part of your testimony in a talk or in a comment in class. Stories are a wonderful way to leave an impression on listeners and can be a useful tool. But some stories may be better to share than others. So think before you share. And then number five, and I can tell this, uh, the older I get, it seems, uh, when people rely on the Holy Ghost, like legitimately as to whether or not they should share what they're going to share. And I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, if it's me just being like, oh, hey, I'm sensitive to that as far as the spirit goes and have things affirmed that it's like, oh yeah, that was a great comment. Or where I'm like, that person is sharing because they hadn't shared in a couple minutes or they felt like they needed yeah. to work. Or maybe again, you know, being the cynic that I am, I just think that, that there are definitely different kinds of comments. And, and I think I, there's for me, there's times things. when I'm feeling emotionally charged mm -hmm. and then there's times when the spirit is directing me. And and sometimes they feel similar. And and as I've gotten older, I've learned to I've tried to learn to distinguish between those sometimes they work at the same time, but sometimes just being emotionally charged doesn't mean I should share that thing. Yeah. Because it, you know, so. Uh, and then lastly, do you watch the Battlestar Galactica? You strike me as oh, someone oh, who yeah. would. Yeah. We used to have debates about this. And the, uh, and how so much of it, um, translates, you'll forgive the pun, into Mormonism because of one of the creators. I mean, the original one more so than the later one, but still the later one, they kind of, they kind of converted. Like, I mean, they came from the, if the, in the original one, they came from the planet Kolob. Yeah. So <laughs> it, know, ju it just is, I mean, it's just constant steep. throughout it. Yeah. 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 12, they have 12, 12, uh, uh, uh essentially they, they, a, a, a council of 12 that is, comparable to the quorum of the 12 they always go in twos we used we probably took things too far that you know because you, you know you had starbuck and um oh i can't think of it. they always went in twos like they were missionaries now some of that stuff might just be the fact that that's what they did with the writing mm -hmm. but i mean once you start you can find things that maybe were even unintended but yeah there but it is definitely grounded in the you know, it's taken, it's basically created this mythology. It's like, it's like, what if the Mormon pioneers were not coming across the plains? What if they were coming across space? And that's essentially the concept 
of the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and the reason why the original one, uh, Larson is his name. Yep. Uh, who wrote the original 1978 series, Glenn A. Larson, uh, was a practicing Mormon. So brought in part of it. And how cool is that? Like to other people, they're like, oh, yeah, no, this sounds like a great idea. And he's like, oh, yeah, this too. And they're like, how, how where do you come up with where this? did you come up with these ideas? <laughs> and if you ever see the in the old series, like you can YouTube it, like there's a marriage ceremony that is strikingly. Um, and I can't remember the details. I don't know if they're at an altar, but I think they are. They're at an altar. I mean, it is strikingly. Like a temple, a temple ceremony. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. So just you can probably go down a rabbit hole of Mormonism in Battlestar Galactica and spend days looking at that stuff. I uh, I encourage someone to do that and then be that guest here in the cultural hall. Okay, we're done, Mr. Mayor. Hey, you guys wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church, so there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Uh, here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, I'm uh, I'm glad to welcome a, a friend, a, a former colleague, uh, Julie Rose. That name may sound familiar if you listen to BYU Radio's Top of Mind with Julie Rose. Thanks for being here, Julie. Richie, it is so fun to be with you. Thank you. You know, it it's a uh, it's fun to have uh, uh, this conversation in this way. We would talk sort of in the hallways about what you were doing and you would ask what I was doing, but you have continued to do um, a, an amazing job with uh, with your podcast, with your radio show, and so I wanted to bring you in and have you tell people a little bit about it, and especially because, you know, recently there's been some, I don't know necessarily new information from the church, but a reiteration uh, of a declaration from the church saying, hey guys, political neutrality, we mean it, and let's maybe have some hard conversations within the walls of our church, within the walls of our home, about who we're voting for, why we care about certain things the way that we do, and and no one better to talk about it than you, for sure. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, I certainly think a lot about this. And so you're referring to this letter that, um, you know, it's one that if you're if you're regularly attending the church around primary season, around election season, we're always hearing this. I remember, I feel like the first time that it came through, I like perked up. I was like, oh, the church is talking about political stuff. What are they going to say? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
you know, for me, it was really affirming initially to hear years and years ago when we started hearing these letters to to, to just hear the leadership of the church, the first presidency say or have said in their behalf over the pulpit in a sacrament meeting, engaging in the political process in the United States is important to democracy. And it is our job as saints, you know, yeah. members of the church, that this is an obligation. And um, and so for me, that was really affirming. And then, you know, we kind of hear the same thing over and over again, like we're politically neutral as a church, but it's really important to like go to your precinct meetings, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll be honest, I kind of I'm like, oh, here's that letter again. And when this one got read at the beginning of June, I almost jumped out of my seat when this new section came along where the bishop in my congregation said, we uh, oh, so so we urge you to spend the time needed to become informed about the issues and candidates you will be considering. Some principles compatible with the gospel may be found in various political parties and members should seek candidates who best embody those principles. So, you know, there's often this thought that, like, if you're a if you're a good member of the church, then you must be a part of this political party, like this other political party, you know, but they're saying, look, you can find it across political lines. So that's always been a really encouraging thing and not something totally new. But then came this part. Merely voting a straight ticket or voting based on tradition, in quotes, without careful study of candidates and their positions on important issues is a threat to democracy and inconsistent with revealed standards. That one really pricked me Um, because we are being instructed by the leadership of our church to study carefully. And that is hard in this particular climate when it feels like you don't know where to get reliable information. And anytime any of these issues come up, it feels like it's going to be very antagonistic or you're going to have one side telling you, you know, whatever source you're going to choose on whatever these really big issues, whether it's, I mean, abortion or gun violence or, you know, free speech or whatever it is, right? These things that people feel really passionately about, like it's okay to feel passionately about them, but it's scary to want to try to go consume or study because you feel like whatever your view is, you're going to land on some sort of information that's like going to be telling you you're wrong or it's just going to be telling you you're right. And the reality is we need to hear all of that, but in a way that isn't going to make us feel like we're not um, that we're not respected, right? I think oftentimes if I want to go search out the opposing view to my own perspective so that I can better understand the issue, I'm going to have to go somewhere, grit my teeth, and listen to or watch or read a perspective that the entire tone throughout is that I'm an idiot or that I'm wrong or that I'm small minded because my view is this. Right. And there, that's just not a that's not a mind space that you want to be in. If you're really going to be learning, I want to be able to be open and curious and humble and know that I'm still going to be respected so that and, and, and that we're having that I'm learning in good faith that whoever's presenting the information is is you know isn't trying to convince me we're trying to convey information and come to a nuanced understanding so anyway all of that is why when i heard this i was like this is great but also how the heck are you supposed to do this right because where are you gonna yeah. go yeah so anyway that's what i that's what top of mind like we've been trying to do this for the last year and a half in our weekly podcast is be that source for people including members of the church maybe especially members of the church to be to, to be able to go somewhere and listen for 52 minutes, engage on a topic that's where they're going to hear things that will challenge their perspective. Everybody, no matter where you stand on the issue, you're going to hear something because we intentionally do that. 
Yeah. You're going to hear something on the topic. You're going to hear a perspective that's going to make you go, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> but we're doing it in a respectful and a calm and humble way because the goal is to be better citizens, kinder neighbors, and more effective advocates for the things that matter to us. And in order to do that, we need to have empathy for other perspectives. And we need to have clarity on why we think the way we think. One of the things that I think, you know, if you just sort of hear that announcement from the pulpit and you can miss it really quick is it's so much easier to just vote straight party and oh, not yeah. think about something, right? Uh, yep, I know this and, and not even think about whatever these issues are. But but because of the day and the age and how people are and things are nuanced and everything like that, it, it really can't be that easy. And, and it is, quite frankly, irresponsible to just go in a straight party way, either either side or any side that would be yeah. possible. I, I think it really is that urge from the brethren, from uh, an, an individual charge even, an integritous charge even, uh, to be like, what do I really feel about each of these different topics and who embodies as best they can, no one's going to be perfect, those things that are important to me that yeah. I value within the walls of my home, that are important to my church congregation, or whatever we ascribe them to. Right. Uh, There's a lot of work, though. It, it, it takes work. And, yeah. and I don't want to, I don't, don't want to, I mean, here's the thing, Richie. I, um, for all my highfalutin talk, I have voted straight party before because I just haven't done the work mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, you get into the voting booth, and, and even just outside of that, like, you know, thinking about on um, certain big issues. I have, I have been lazy. I mean, I have, and and it's not because I, and I feel terrible about it. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, <laughs> as I'm doing it, I'm like, this is lazy. I should have done the work. Like, I should at least know who these people are and not just be like, well, they're this party, so I'm going to check the box because at least I know they're better than the other one, right? Like, yeah. that is, A, that is no longer necessarily true if it ever was because there's so much diversity within the parties now on a lot of cases or because the, you know, depending on, you know, the candidate. So a lot of the candidates have sort of moved beyond where the center of the party might have been, you know, back when I was first voting 20 years ago. Um, and but but beyond that, there um, the, I have felt. And this is something that I've started talking about publicly, but it took some courage for me to start talking about this publicly because I've been a journalist for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It is my job to inhale the news like at every turn. To be absorbing it, knowing what's going on, fully connected to, you know, all the issues that are out there. And I, in the last five or so years, have just really had to struggle against the urge to just dis- disengage. It, the news, it leaves me feeling de- it's either all bad news, sure. it's depressing, it's it, it, it's divisive, it, it feels... It's frustrating to me to feel like no matter what I'm listening to, I ha- it, it, there, there's an agenda there and I have to yeah. like, it's so much work to have to go actively. I mean, there once upon a time might have been, I think back in the days when there were like three TV channels, you know, and so you, the news was for everybody and it was a little bit, you know, they were very intentionally trying to please everybody. And so you could argue it was a little watered down, but it also wasn't like espousing a specific viewpoint. Well, today there are so many choices that as consumers, we have to do the work to be seeking out various points of view and understanding what the agenda is of each source that we're listening to. And so it's exhausting. (laughs) I feel and it just hasn't felt good. Like, frankly, 
I started to feel like my consumption of the news as much as I was doing was not helping me have the spirit with me. Really? And I was like, how? But I can't just unplug. Right. I mean, because A, because of my job. <laughs> sure. But but B, because like that doesn't feel right. I, I mean, it, I, I can't bury my head in the sand and be the kind of saint that is exhorted, that I'm exhorted to be by the leadership of the church in this letter and, you know, just in sort of my heart. I I feel called to be an engaged member of my community and I have to know what's going on and I have to be willing to dive deep into these topics that are going to probably make me feel terrible, right? Yeah. So then I've, I've been searching for how, what is the answer? And I know I'm not alone because it turns out they're actually surveys. Like, this is very, very common. More than half of Americans are, are, are news avoiders, have, have, feel inclined yeah, to avoid the news. Yeah, just completely turned it off and said, listen, I can't handle it. It's I too mean, much. I'm how out. many of us, right? Or, you know, all, all the years I've been doing this podcast, when we were a daily news show, and I'd be like, oh, yeah. You know, they're like, people are like, I run into them. What is your podcast about? Oh, we talk about current events. I'm like, what do you listen to? Where do you get your news? And they're like, I just listen to the music. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, you know, like it's too depressing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. So I get it, right? I totally get it because I am there too. And I also feel like it's not okay to just bury our heads in the sand and not think deeply or engage on tough topics. But we can do so more smartly, I think. So I have stopped sort of just having the news on kind of constantly headlines in the background sort of bombarding me with all the news of the day all the time, all the time. And there's this is happening and this is happening and the war here and the sunken thing here and whatever, whatever, yeah, you know, and nice. I'm like, you know, I'm just like, because I know that the people in my line of work, I mean, this is crass, but, it, you know, if it bleeds, it leads like bad news. It's important, <laughs> sure. but we have a bias toward reporting bad news because that's where the conflict is. And that's it just feels like it matters. Right. And reporting on good things that are happening oftentimes feels a little fluffy to us. And so it's like that's not the important stuff. The important stuff is over here where there's this conflict and there's this death and there's this failure of political leadership. Right. And so so what I have done, I've started to do is very well, first of all, I started trying to figure out if I could more carefully curate my news my news consumption to balance it out a little bit. That that tr proved really helpful. The second thing, though, was that it was right around the time that we were changing what Top of Mind was going to be into a weekly podcast. And so this was I was swimming in this idea when we started to formulate, well, what could we do once a week related to the news that would really help people who are like me, like many of us who who want to be engaged on important issues but just can't figure out where to look and are inclined to kind of just disengage. So this is a weekly chance. We're like, okay, we'll take one topic a week. If all you do is listen to Top of Mind once a week and, and, and you spend 53 minutes with us and we're going to be open and humble and you know you're going to hear something that will challenge you and probably a lot of stuff that you'll agree with, we're never going to take a side on an issue. Whether it's gun violence or marijuana laws or uh, how to talk about abortion in our communities and why it's so divisive or free speech versus safe spaces and sort of who should be allowed to say what. Right. Or uh, asylum laws or I mean, we're taking the big stuff. We're, we're, we're going to go to all those places. But the whole goal has been like, OK, what I need as a person, as a listener, is something I can listen to where I where I can let my guard down and and, and trust that I'm not going to be belittled from my perspective. There isn't going to be a lot of yelling that's intended just to raise my blood pressure. 
that I'm going to hear complicated perspectives, some things that are really going to challenge me and that I can trust to kind of hang with it. I don't have to turn it off because it's not going to, you know, that, that it, if I just stick with Julie, <laughs> stick with top of mind for the rest of the episode, I'm going to come to a place where I'm going to feel a little more clarity. I'll have a sense of where I could go look further. I'm going to feel some empathy. And honestly, in church language, that you'll feel the spirit, like you'll be pricked in some way. To I mean, we're not talking about gospel topics, but we're doing it from the perspective of Christ-like love and civility in political discourse, two things mentioned in the, the church's letter, right? Mm-hmm. And and in a, in a desire to be better saints, to build a more educated, informed, engaged body of saints. We're not just for LDS, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I feel like we're a really valuable tool for anybody who heard this exhortation from the first presidency and was like, where am I going to start with that? Yeah, you guys, you guys feel the fill the gap for sure. One of the things that that I find as I listen to an episode of Top of Mind, I do I do the following. I go, well, I don't know about that, and I and sometimes I say that out loud at the gym or you know in my head I'm going I don't know or my favorite where I go, huh, you know I I I had never thought of it that way. I'd never looked at that that way. I didn't know that that was, you know, on some of the issues. I didn't know that that was the concern, perhaps, of the other side. I literally was ignorant to what an, another thing would be because I was so entrenched in what I do. I'm going to give you the most impossible question, Julie. Mm. Uh, I'm asking those that are going to be listening to this conversation to give you an episode, to listen to one episode of Top of Mind. Which episode would you point them to to get a really good idea, a great representation of what you do? What episode should they, and we'll leave it in the show notes, listen to to get an idea of what Top of Mind is? Okay, so here's what's cool. We, um, we just finished our third season where we were looking at questions of fairness in lots of different topics. So, so I'll say two things. Uh, I'll say we have like 45 episodes that cover some of the topics I mentioned and a ton more. You can tell from that. You can just go to Top of Mind with Julie Rose on whatever podcast app, and you can pick whatever topic jumps out to you as important, because I guarantee you there's going to be one. So it's not going to be hard to find one that you're like, oh, I want to start with that one. And it's so interesting to me because everybody starts with a different one. I'm like, huh, all right, well, great. You know, we're looking for variety, but we're trying to tackle issues that are going to matter to people. What I will say is if you don't know about any of that, if you just want a taste of what this show is like and what our approach is, what the goal is, we have just done a special like cap final episode for our season um, in which members of our team and I will say a lot of them are young people. They're student employees that we've had that just impressed the heck out of me because we all we sat down one by one and we talked about the moment that challenged us in an episode, how that affected us, what we were inclined to do is that moment. You know, I said, all right, tell me about a moment when you responded like like Richie just like you just said, right? Like, I don't know about that. Or that yeah. seems like totally not cool. And what came of that? You know, when you sat with that rather than turn it off because I don't like hearing things I disagree with. Right. You decided to stick with the discomfort is the terminology we use. Um, And so we have like six different stories of episodes over the from where people are highlighting an episode from the last six months where they encountered a moment where they really it challenged them. And by leaning into that, it changed them in some way, made them a better advocate for the things they care about, helped them help them feel more empowered about something, helped them feel more empathy, 
help them find a way forward through some frustration that they were experiencing on this particular topic. So I would say you could start there as like a really great survey, a teaser, and you'll hear about an episode and be like, oh, I want to go listen to that one. That sounds interesting. So um, that's our that's our most recent episode. I can't remember the number right now, but it's oh, no, it's season three, episode 10. And it's going to say stick with it. Top of mind episodes that challenged us, I think, is the topic or, or the headline. And I'll make sure and uh, include a link to that in the show notes. It's it's important. I mean, you know it. I know it. We we are surrounded by it and see that the effects of it not being important to some people, what it means for our government, whether local or yeah. national. Uh, the most it, extreme voices win out. If yep. the rest of us, which is the majority of us who are not who are more moderate, who have more complicated perspectives, <laughs> If we bury our heads in the sand, the result is that we're not engaging. We're only ever hearing perspectives we agree with because that feels safe and comfortable, and that's just our natural tendency. And and, and, and we're letting the loudest voices, which are the most extreme voices, win out and taking us in a direction that a lot of us are frustrated with. Yeah. Top of mind with Julie Rose. Again, find the link uh, for that particular episode in the show notes. Or if you just want to at random pick something that you are particularly interested in, uh, you can find Top of Mind with Julie Rose anywhere you get the cultural hall and check out those episodes. Now, Julie, before I let you go, there are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. So I will ask those of you right now. The first question is, is, do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? I'm currently the Young Women President, and we okay. are going stay ward. We are going to Young Women's Camp next week, so wish me luck. <laughs> it's a ward Bless camp you. too. <laughs> uh, if you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, it is the only calling I've had it twice. It's the only calling I've ever cried when they released me, like truly cried and begged the bishop not to release me. Primary chorister. Oh yeah. Very Love popular it. one. I've never had it. I have no desire for it, but it it, it seems to be the popular favorite. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so it's like pure joy and fun, and when and just like having young people, children's voices, like it is, it's a little bit of work, but mostly it's just like the highlight of my week when I had that call in. So awesome. Young women are fine, too. I don't want to say, like, I'm not happy where I'm at, but, you know. Oh, sure, sure, sure. No, 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 no. That's the thing. Everyone else is like, well, pick something. And it's like, no, you're not saying that you don't like the thing or that you'd never do the other thing. I just, you know, I like to know what people's desires are. Mine is ward clerk, and people go, that doesn't make any sense to me. I would love to be the ward's record clerk because it's a calling that you can do perfectly and be done with it. Do these people live here? How old are they? Is their picture taken? I'm done. I don't have to do anything else beyond that. I don't know. Uh, the final question we ask everyone uh, in the cultural hall, we ask you to interpret it however you would like, but the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? My favorite part of my faith is personal revelation. The promptings that I have received that have led me to remarkable and unexpected moments and blessings in my life. Like just knowing that when the Lord needs me to do something, I'm going to know it brings me great, great peace and comfort. Incredible. Well, Julie, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on 
show.